challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast. It's great to have you with me. I am delighted to be talking about the things that we're going to be talking about today, even though they are a little bit sad and tragic. You probably already guessed that I want to talk a bit about what happened on January the 6th, the invasion of the U.S. Capitol, and I want to talk about it from a manly perspective. Let me begin by talking about something completely different, and then I'll eventually land on the topic I just described. As you know, I do a lot in the Middle East, and so I have some friends uh, who were actually captured by ISIS and held for a while, a British journalist I'm thinking of in particular. And uh, after he left, uh, when he got back to London, the guys who had held him captive continued to make contact with him over Facebook, and they would send pictures of their girlfriends, and they would write about what they were doing, and they would you know, talk to him as though he was some long lost friend. And he really pondered this. And he said, you know, I had to think back on my experience there being held by ISIS. He said, these really aren't hardcore Islamists. These aren't hardcore professional warriors, you know, jihadists. He said, these were street thugs. These were street toughs. This was basically a a street gang. They were all young. They were men who didn't seem to have a mission. Their fathers had been distant or uninvolved, or if they did have any influence on them, it was about Islam. Um, They were in Islam because Islam gave them a mission and a code and a band of brothers, so to speak. It gave them a chance to kill. It gave them a chance to take women, gave them a chance to enrich themselves. And so, yeah, at 17, 18, 19, 20, they were willing to throw themselves into the cause. What else are they going to do but sit around the tea houses of their city and, and, uh, you know, look at porn and and bellyache about what the West has done to their country. And this is literally what they would say. And so he said, I looked back and I realized this, I was basically held by a street gang. Now, there were some you know, high-ranking officials and generals and so on who might have been more serious about the Islamic cause, but basically this was a street gang. Uh, this was an inner-city gang. And he said, when I left, they communicated with me like I was an old friend even though they'd held me captive for 18 months. Well, I've shared this story before, and I've done it because I wanted to make the point that all over the world, it's unfathered, unprincipled, uh, men, young men without a vision for noble manhood, without knowing who they really are, without understanding what manhood is, who are out there floating. They're the ones who fill the ranks of street gangs. They're the ones who fill the ranks of the skinhead crowd. They're the ones who become ISIS. Uh, our inner cities, nations are being absolutely bedeviled by young, untethered men who, who, are, who are open to any cause, even if it's unri- an unrighteous cause, a violent cause, especially, by the way, if it's a violent cause, and they give themselves to it. That's what's happening with skinhead movement. That's what's happening in the Klan. It's what's happening in street gangs. It's what's happening in ISIS. It's what's happening in Boko Haram. It's what's happening around the world. Almost every nation has some version of it. It's a function. It's a dysfunction. It's a, it's a result, a fruit of the, the crisis of manhood that is plaguing the world. And by the way, that's what we that's why we do what we do here at Great Man, and many of you do what you do, and I'm very proud of you. 
Now, that brings us to January the 6th. If you want to hear a bit more of my analysis of what happened on January the 6th, I'm not going to go through the whole thing here. You can go to the Great Man podcast, look for the podcast I've I've recorded that's called The Insurrection, uh, part one. I've also done a a, a second part that's uh, for religious leaders talking about the implications of this for them. And you can hear a bit more of my analysis of the whole thing. But I was here in D.C. when that happened. I had friends up on the Hill, actually, and I have some friends that are U.S. senators. They were actually there. They were run out. They were being hunted. I have staffers who are friends who were up there. I was connected to it. I was watching it all day. I was grieving it. I was getting texts and emails. And um, I'm not saying I was any actor or in the middle of it, but my point is that it's something that really has affected me. And I got to tell you that as I watch the crowd through the lens of what I do with men, through the lens of this great man movement, this men's movement, that's not just our movement, but all the different people who are pouring into uh, men and trying to call men to be better uh, than what our generation has made them worldwide. Um, I, I looked at the crowd and I realized that what I was looking at was really a repeat of what I've just described to you about ISIS. You had thousands of men, young men, most of them were in military gear. And I'm not saying they didn't have some sense of purpose. They didn't have, I mean, they were there to stop the steal. They were there uh, to capture Mike Pence, whom Donald Trump had convinced them that Pence was, if Pence didn't overturn the election, he was, you know, un-American and unpatriotic and not doing his duty, et cetera. When in fact, of course, Pence had absolutely no constitutional authority whatsoever, but I'm not going to get into the political details right now. My issue, what I'm focusing on, uh, is looking at the crowd, watching the violence, watching these young men, looking at the kind of men who were there. One of the most uh, uh, noticeable figures of all the protesters is a person I'm sure you probably have become aware of through the press. It's a guy who calls himself the Q shaman. He's apparently devoted to the QAnon uh, issue, deception. I think it's a a total lie, but the, the QAnon. Uh, so he calls himself the Q shaman. He's the guy who had the buffalo horns on and his chest painted the American flag and was wearing buckskin. And I think he had an American flag cape. And um, he's, you know, what he is, is a guy who tried acting, failed, lives with his mother, uh, and doesn't really have any real purpose in his life until someone comes along and says, hey, you know, there's a conspiracy it's called, uh, it's being exposed by QAnon. Somebody named Q deep in the bowels of the American government is exposing this thing. Apparently Hollywood elites and so on are running child trafficking rings. And, um, and you could be involved in this. And, and what happened was they gave him a cause. They gave this lost young man a cause. And then he used his acting skills to morph himself uh, into this Q shaman figure. Now, I don't hate this guy. I'm not down on him. I think he's symptomatic of what's going on in America. I think he's symptomatic of thousands of the young men who invaded the Capitol. I think he's lost. I think he's unprincipled. I think he doesn't know what it means to be a good man. I think he's probably, if statistics hold true, unfathered. Uh, I think he's frustrated by life in America. He's frustrated by not having a cause. He's frustrated by not having a band of brothers. And so he latches on to what the president of the United States gives him as a cause. Now, the president of the United States has not signed on with QAnon, um, but definitely the cause of this election has been stolen. The left is trying to ruin America. We're going to make America great again. And if Mike Pence does his job on January 6th, the whole country will be set right. So what happens? They storm the Capitol. And what are they chanting? Hang Mike Pence. And by the way, there's a functional gallows having been built 
on the, on the Capitol lawn. I don't want to go too far in the details because I've already done that in the other podcast, the Stephen Mansfield podcast. What I'm saying is that this movement, whatever else it was politically, whatever else it was philosophically, whatever else we might want to discuss by the hour over a hamburger about the lack of security at the Capitol and the confusion between the National Guard and the city police and blah, 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 things we will be hearing for months. One layer, one grid of interpretation has to be that young men were given a cause, however misguided. And so you saw amongst the crowd, you saw skinheads, you saw anti-Semites, you saw people wearing pro-Auschwitz t-shirts, you saw people running around with uh, the Confederate flag, uh, you saw people blowing shofars, you saw people, young men who for the most part we're looking to fight for a cause. And even though their way on that day was illegitimate, and even though much of what they believed, I believe, has been proven false, and that doesn't make me part of the left, I'm a conservative, my point is that the tragedy is that it's young, untethered, unfathered, unprincipled men without a band of brothers, without a vision of noble manhood, grabbing on to whatever cause is handed to them. And if the president says the nation's been stolen, then they storm the hill. They're going to be good young men who simply wanted to fight for their country, so to speak, who are now going to spend time in prison. And why? Because they were empty, because they were looking for a cause, because they were like Hugh Shaman, failed at some things, living with their mothers, looking for a cause, and some weird political ideas gave them some, some, some sense of a cause they could fight for. They could strap on camo, they could go up to the hill, and then they were emboldened by the pitiful security response on the hill. and. Now, they've had, many of them consider, a victory. Now, they're going to be in prison, a lot of them. Uh, they're, going to be, they're going to be labeled. They're going to be ostracized. Many of them are already losing their jobs because folks have seen them on social media and said, you're not working here if you storm the Capitol engaged in that kind of violence. It's going to hurt them ultimately. But what I want, to, I, want to, I want to go beneath all the politics, beneath the financial implications, beneath what we're hearing in the press, and I want to say, at the foundation, you have men who need what all men need. ISIS is filled with young men who need what all men need. A connection to God, a band of brothers, a noble code, an understanding of what it means to be a man, a vision for doing good in their world. Minus that, they're going to sign into a cause that, that, that gives them the basic things they want at the most fleshly human level. Money, sex, violence, cause, commitment, community, code. They'll take a false one if we don't give them a righteous one. Hear me on that. They will take a false one. One what? Everything I just said. Connection to God. Connection to higher truth. Community. Band of brothers. Commitment. Code. Etc. They will take false versions of all of that if we don't give them the real one. So our society is going to be talking about January 6th for the rest of your life. And in the next six months, it's going to be heated. There are going to be trials. There's going to be imprisonment. There's going to be uh, the tech, tech firm shutting down on conservative causes. There's going to be, and the, by the way, I think between now and January 20th, I'm recording this on the 11th of January. Uh, I believe now, between now and January 20th, the day of inauguration, we'll have more of this kind of stuff and probably more afterwards because the... Young men, for the most part, have been captured by causes that are misaligned. That's why they flood into skinheads. That's why they flood into the neo-clan. That's why they flood into proud boys. That's why they flood into these things. And I care about them. I don't hate them. I'm sorry for what they've bought into. 
I'm sorry what the, what the young men of Boko Haram or the warlords of Africa or ISIS have bought into. I'm sorry for those things, but I love the young men. I believe they're men made by God to live for a cause, to fight for a cause, to stand for good, to use their gifts for righteousness, to be men who are noble and good and valiant and who are contending for righteousness in our generation. And sadly, politics in America have given these young men causes that are misguided and misaligned. I'm not saying that's conservatism. Don't misunderstand. I'm on the right. I'm a Christian. I get the complaint. I get the gripe. I'm as pro-life as I could be. I could go on and on. You know these things already about me. I'm not complaining about the right. I'm talking about the misalignment. I'm talking about, I, I think about the young men up in upstate New York who heard the QAnon conspiracy and was given the misinformation that Hillary Clinton was running a child trafficking ring in the basement of a pizza restaurant in upstate New York. So he got his gun and he burst in there and he held everybody captive and he tried to free the children who were in that, in that restaurant. Now, you understand why on the one hand, this guy has been played. He's been played by some of the stupidest political conspiracies, uh, theories anyway, in this country. At the same time, look what he did. He wanted to do good. He wanted to do a righteous thing. He wasn't a criminal. He thought there were children being trafficked. And by the way, I'm the, I'm the chairman of the board of an organization against trafficking. It's called Uncaged. I've mentioned it to you many times. I hope you'll go online and figure out what we do and, and contribute because it's, it's fighting trafficking. If they, I thought there were genuinely children being held in the basements of restaurants in Alexandria, Virginia, where I'm sitting right now, I would go there and try to free them right this second. So I understand the motivation of this young man, and I can even commend it, even though he's probably in prison right now. He held up a pizza restaurant, for heaven's sakes. He did it because he was misguided. He did it because he was, uh, he was informed about wrong things. And for many of those on the Hill on, on this past uh, January 6th, they were inflamed by their president, who, for whatever reason, decided to turn on his vice president and make the man the crux of his entire election here in the last days when Mike Pence had no constitutional authority to change the thing at all. My point's not to be political. My point is to say, let's think about it from a manhood perspective. These young men need us. They need the message of great manhood. They need the message of righteous manhood. They need the John Eldridge books. They need us to mentor. They need us to build organizations. They need us to use our sports coaching and our church men's ministries and all the things that we're doing outside of the church. I'm as interested in outside of the church as I am within the church because I think that's how we're going to reach a, a generation of young men. But, but they need what we're doing. They need what we're writing. They need the videos we're producing. They need the, the retreats. They need to be coached. They need us to be in their lives. Or we're going to have more of what is basically ISIS translated, transmitted to American shores. It's just going to be about different issues. But it's the same stuff. Give a man a connection to God. Give a man a band of brothers. Give a man a code. Give him a righteous cause. Teach him who he is as a man. Teach him what his gifts are to use in the service of great causes. Teach him the good he ought to do in society. If you don't do that, then the false version is going to creep in and they end up storming the Capitol and beating a policeman to death with a fire extinguisher, looking for Nancy Pelosi to murder her. How stupid. How ridiculous. All right. 
I've calmed down. <laughs> I love you. I want us to reach the men of our generation. You know now that Great Man is now a 501c3. Go to greatman.tv. Go to the upper right-hand corner. You'll find a way to be able to support what we do. There are a lot of other great men's organizations also. We're not the only one, but we're going to keep kicking it until we shake off this khaki coil because manhood is a lot of the issue in this this January 6th situation, as it has been in many of the shootings, as it has been with the sexual abuse on college campuses, it's about men. And it doesn't do any good to talk about men just being toxic and all masculinity being toxic and having courses in universities that just treat masculinity as though it's a disease. It's not. It can be part of the answer. It's been perverted. And we're going to try to set it right in our generation because this is one of the great arts of noble manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 